We are now pleased to be joined by one of our friends of the podcast, Bilal Muhammad. He is fighting at UFC 280. He's taking on Sean Brady, who is 15-0. Bilal Muhammad comes in at 21-3 on a hot streak right now. He is in Dubai right now trading for UFC 280 that's going to be taking place in Abu Dhabi. So, Bilal, thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. You were a few weeks out from this fight. You're in Dubai. How is the training going so far? Man, obviously, it's going great, feeling good. Um training down here with uh, Team Habib and his guys uh, as they're down here too, training for Islam Chip in the main event. So we got a bunch of killers down here. It's a killer's role. Like, uh, just being able to come down here and acclimate this early feels good. It's, uh, one of the best choices I made. And uh, I'm just happy, you know, because it's like it's a different time zone. So, you know, you don't have to sit there and go somewhere. If I'm in Chicago, I have to train, then this person wants me to do this for them, this person wants me to do that for them, or somebody's calling you for something. Uh, we're in a different time zone, so when I'm awake, the other people are my family and everybody's sleeping, so I don't, there's no other stresses. It's only me concentrating on fighting and concentrating on the fight. Uh, it just feels good. Except for us. We can bother you, we're right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, except for you guys. And I was like, all right, it's, it's all good. I'll give you guys a, a call. <laughs> well, we'll touch upon that, Bilal. Why, for those relatively new to the sport, why is it important for a fighter to acclimate themselves to whatever environment they're going to be fighting in? Uh, man, it's huge, especially when it's a different time zone change because usually when we're fighting, we would go down to the fight on the, the Tuesday of fight week. So we'll have like three days in whatever town or state we're in, and then we fight on Saturday. That's what norm- we're normally used to. Uh, but when you're fighting in Dubai and we're nine hours ahead of here, uh, it's a lot different. Your body doesn't acclimate right. Your body doesn't feel right until, you know, it's on the right time clock. And, like, even this first week that I was training down here, uh, it felt horrible. Like, I would wake up. I mean, I will try to go to get on their time clock. So I'll go to sleep at, like, midnight, but I'll wake up at 2 a.m. and be wide awake. Uh, and then we train in the morning at, like, 10 a.m., and it's like, I got like two hours of sleep, and then you have Khabib standing in front of you wanting to wrestle with you, and you're like, what the fudge? Uh, all right, I guess. And for them, the, a lot of the Russians, uh, their time difference is only an hour, so they didn't really have to acclimate a lot. But for me, I had a, I had a nine-hour difference, and it took me like probably like six or seven days just wow. to feel good, just to feel all right. And then this is me not even – this is me dieting, but this is not me weight cut week where – I'm not eating many calories. Uh, I'm annoyed by everybody and everything like that. So uh, a lot of those guys that are, think they're going to come down and fight weak and just think it's going to be normal, they're going to be in for a rude awakening. So we got you on a good week before you're annoyed and you're, you're eating less calories and you can't eat anything. What's it, what's it like training with Habib Nurmagomedov? Like he's one of the best to ever do it. What's that intensity like in those, in uh, those training sessions? Uh, it's different, man. It's, it's real different. I've been to a lot of gyms, trained with a lot of teams, and really, like their their team brotherhood is something really different too. Because like we're it's kind of like the Ultimate Fighter house where we have drivers to take it to the gym. Then from the gym we come back here. We all eat together, lunch, breakfast, dinner. We're all together at all times. And then like if uh, Habib has any, you know, he's like a superstar out here. He has so many meet and greets that he has to do. Like, the whole team goes with him together. The whole team is there together with him. We're all driving the same buses, the same van together. So just that whole team morale feels good. And then on the other end, all these guys have been training since they're, like, two years old, and they're all good everywhere. They're all great grapplers, great strikers. 
and there's not an easy round. There's, there's usually those rounds at your gym where you're like, oh, well, I'll go with so-and-so today because, you know, I'm feeling kind of sore. Over here, there's no rounds like that at all. And for Habib, you tell him you're tired, uh, he'll only make you go harder because now he's coach Habib. So it's, it's different as a coach now uh, as he's pushing these guys and pushing all of us. And you can see it in his eyes. Like, he did not like to lose. He, he hates losing, and we're just playing soccer right now. I never played soccer in my life. Uh, he took me on his team, and, like, he's going nuts, napping, when one of us messed up. And I'm like, bro, I, I told you I don't play soccer. I play basketball. And uh, it's just fun because, like, we're all doing this stuff as a team, so it's just building more of a team morale uh, with each other. And we're playing these games, and then they always have these – we play Dagestani basketball to warm up. And if you guys never heard of that, that's literally uh, Dagestan's version of rugby, but it's with the basketball, and you have to make the ball in the hoop, but we're wrestling. Like, you you can't dribble the ball. I thought I could dribble the ball, then all of a sudden I got taken down and picked up and slammed. And I was like, what the heck are you guys doing? Like, no, no, no dribble, no dribble. Run, <laughs> run, run. With the ball in your head. I was like, oh, okay. That's cool. It was a cool experience. Very fun. And uh, surprisingly, uh, they're very controlled where they won't hurt you while you're playing that basketball. I think I saw a video of of Makachev playing that version of uh, basketball. And, yeah. And Bilal, I apologize because I don't remember if he was last time you fought. But is is Habib going to be in your corner uh, for the big fight at UFC 280? Uh, he will be this time. This is my first time. Oh, this is your first time. Guys. Okay. Yeah, this is our first time working together for longer than a week. Like usually, I'll go go train with them when they're in Vegas or something like that. I'll go visit. But uh, nothing as long as this. This is five weeks down here in Dubai with them. And, um, yeah, I'm going to have him in my corner. So it's uh, it's going to be huge. It's going to be great. I think it's going to be uh, really big for me to have a mind like that in my corner. And uh, Just over here, like when we spar, he's cornering. It's it's different, too. They give you, like, the fight mentality here when you're sparring. A lot of gyms will just have everybody just randomly spar at the same time. But over here, it's like, no, when two guys are sparring, we're all watching. And Khabib's coaching in one corner, and the other coach, Javier Mendez, is coaching the other corner. And, like, you're getting real, you know, live looks or feels like it's a real fight. And just, like, hearing his corner work and hearing the stuff that he was telling me to do in between rounds, uh, it was great. He was, he was like a genius. Bilal Muhammad joining us on the Unnamed MMA podcast. Adam Abdallah along with Jordan Sherwood. You're fighting Sean Brady at UFC 280. He's undefeated 15-0. You've had a recent run of great success. You are an underdog at plus 120 right now. What can you tell us about Sean Brady as a fighter, and what have you done to, if anything, to adjust your style to kind of take on where he, he has strengths? Uh, I don't really have to do much adjustments for me. Like I said, I, my last four or five fights, I felt like I fought um, different styles and some of the best guys in the world. And every camp you're training, you're, you're learning and you're getting better a version of yourself. So for me, I went from fighting Damian Maya, who's, I feel, one of the best grapplers to ever do it. And then going from him to fighting Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, who's one of the best strikers to ever do it. Those are two completely different fighters, and I had two completely different camps for those fights. So I had to do a lot of adjustments, a lot of things, and I think it like leveled me up. Uh, a lot as a fighter and a mindset. And then going on after that to fight a guy in Luque who beat me before and he's good in jiu-jitsu and good in striking. He's good everywhere. So he's not like, literally like a specialist in one thing. So I had to put both of those two camps together for Luque. 
And I just feel like the camps that I've had, uh, they've made me grow more than the guys that he's fought. Like, I feel like he hasn't fought anybody like me or anybody near the the level of guys that I fought. And uh, he's going to be a rude, rude awakening. You know, I, guys like him who are undefeated, uh, you know, they, they've never really seen damage in the cage before. Uh, we saw it his last fight a little bit when he fought Michael Chiesa. Michael Chiesa was starting to put it on him a little bit, and you could see him breaking at, at some point, and then it was excuses after excuses after the fight. But, uh, you know, he came out on top, he won, did, kept his undefeated record going. But my team, we see a lot of holes in his game, and we're going to exploit those holes. And like I said, for me, I like to go against guys that they think I'm going to lose to. Uh, I think that I've been an underdog probably in my last three or four fights where I feel like the fighters even underestimated me, and, you know, Vegas underestimated me. But like I said, I'm training with the best in the world. Sean Brady is uh, one of the best grapplers in the UFC while I'm training with Habib, the best to ever do it, uh, do his style in the UFC. So I think I'm in the right place with the right team and doing the right things. Yeah, I mean, Bilal, we, we know that you'll fight anybody. Like, you, you, whatever the fight is, you'll sign it, you'll show up. But it just seems like it's weird matchmaking, at least to us. I mean, Brady hasn't fought the level of competition that you have. And obviously in the shakeup now of the welterweight division with Leon Edwards, a guy that you have unfinished business with now as the champ, like, wh- why are you taking this fight? And especially now in Abu Dhabi, where you got to acclimate to a new environment. Yeah, you know, it was, on the, it was going back and forth a lot with the UFC because, uh, like, the fight really didn't make sense. So then I was just like, oh, all right, am I getting promised a title fight after this? And they're like, well, you know, we don't do that, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but for me, it was like nobody else wanted to fight me. The At the time, Hamzat was fighting Nate Diaz. Uh, and they said, well, we got that one booked. And then I was like, that really doesn't make any sense at all. But for them, they don't really care. They was, they thought I was going to sell. So Hamza was booked. And then they, I was trying to get Gilbert Burns. And Gilbert Burns was saying he wasn't going to fight nobody but Maz at all. So then it was like I was the guy stuck in the middle uh, trying to figure out what to do. So And I'm a guy that I don't like to sit on the sidelines. If I'm healthy, I like to, like to fight. And they were like, well, this is the only guy that's available right now. This is all we have. So it was still just talking with my team, waiting with my team. And I wanted to be on this card, actually, because um, the last time I fought here, it was huge. The, the fan base, everybody, the, the way they uh, brought me in, it was amazing. And that was like four years ago. So now to be able to come back again and to be on a card as big as this, it's going to be amazing as well. I just feel like, you know, to finally – I'm not obviously from uh, the UAE, but uh, I am uh, an Arab from Palestine. And to have all the people out here support me for once, where I'm not in America and you have uh, losers screaming USA in the crowd when I'm from Chicago, you morons. <laughs> uh, it's just funny. But, you know, at least this will be the first time I'll be like, all right, I'll be the A side. <laughs> That was my next question was going to be as a Muslim, as a Palestinian, as an Arab, like, what does it mean for you to be over there now? And like, you know, even being in Dubai for five weeks and getting ready for this fight, just being and immersing yourself in your own culture and being back there and fighting there and hopefully getting a win there in not your home country, but in the Middle East as, as an Arab and as a Muslim. It's, it's amazing, man. Honestly, it's like you don't really 
you don't really think about it as, as how much different it is on this side of the world because you're so comfortable with, with the U.S. and it's like getting out of my comfort zone to come down here, train with a, a team uh, that, I, that I haven't known with these guys on another side of the world, a different time zone. Uh, but to be around my people, to see how they're embracing me and to just like literally the level of connections that I'm gaining out here from people that just want to meet me, see me, uh, anything you need, car service, uh, hotel, whatever you want. Like I'm sitting there like, really the hospitality is amazing over here. And it just feels good that, you know, that people are actually out here like appreciating what you do, seeing what you do, uh, and loving you for representing them. So it just feels good to know that, you know, you have a, a big country like this, uh, supporting you and to know that like, there's not going to be one boo in the crowd when I'm walking out. It's funny that you mention your fandom because I feel like every Bilal fight week, we see the Chase Hooper video. Do you, do you laugh at that now <laughs> several years after that literally a guy's ask a fight fans asking you to take his and uh, Chase's photo? <laughs> no, it's, we, we literally, we set that up. It was me and Chase and then we, the fan asked us for a picture. But then uh, there's a couple of times where I was just Paul Felder eating and uh, the fan, like a, somebody who ran away asked me to take a picture of Paul Felder. So then I was just like, all right, I'm going to start doing that for everybody now. So any fighter I met, I would always make a, uh, make a fan act like they're, they're taking a video of it. So it, it was great. It was fun at the time. Uh, but it's, it, like you said, it's, it's just hilarious. A lot of people think it's like, oh, man, it's so, that's crazy. Nobody knows you're a loser, blah, blah, blah. And I just, I just like laugh about it. But for me, I, I mean, I love joking. I love making funny videos. So that video is still going hard. Yeah, uh, like two years later. It certainly is. Uh, you mentioned his name earlier. Hazmet Shemaev now has announced that he's moving up to uh, middleweight. Are you a little bit disappointed that uh, you wouldn't have the opportunity to fight him at welterweight? I mean, I, don't, I honestly don't believe that he's moving up yet. I think that for for he's like on that McGregor tweeting uh, bench or where they just tweet stuff to to get articles written about them or to get uh, people talking. Uh, he'll just what do you just tweet middleweight? Or now he just tweeted today. Kobe coming to the next. Like the, on the McGregor side, same way where he'll just like randomly tweet something or post a video of him sparring, and then all of a sudden the whole world's like, oh, McGregor's coming back. When is he coming back? Blah blah. blah. Uh, these guys just do it for attention, and I think that they just do it. They they crave that attention. They love that attention, and you can just tell that Shamayev's on that same boat as him. Where he loves that attention now. He when he, when he gets booed, he he loves that. When he missed weight, he didn't care at all. Like he loves that. So like I think for sure he's going to stay at 170 for a little bit, and I think we're definitely going to be seeing each other after this. Bilal Muhammad joining us, friend of the podcast. Last time you were on with us, we asked you about your announcing and you were getting into some coaching and you were in a corner and you're doing all this stuff where you're, you know, on the desk for fights. And now this time, every time we talk to you, there's a new venture. There's Bilal. And you didn't, full disclosure, you did not ask us to promote this or not say anything. You didn't say anything to us about this. But get Fighter Shredded. You've got the cuts going. You've got <laughs> the videos going. You've got the meal plans going. So now what, you're, you're going to be a fitness guru now? I <laughs> appreciate you, bro. Uh, no, like I, I get it all the time where, cause I used to train my family members. I would, ha- I would have a, a, a nighttime session at my gym where I'd have all my cousins, family, brothers, they would come and I'd just put them through like a little boot camp, and I, they all keep asking the same thing. Oh, you got to bring it back. You got to bring it back. You got to bring the boot camp back. And I was like, I don't have time for it for that right now. 
But then I was just like, I mean, somebody I, was, I trained with, they were like, oh, why don't you just make an online program? Uh, it'll make it easier for you where, you know, you don't have to be in person. People can just buy it and they can do your workouts yourself, your, your diet plan with them. And then it'll be easier for them to maintain and easier for you to deal with them. So, uh, you know, we set up a whole program up for it and it, it popped. I think it was uh, really good. I had a lot of people messaging me saying, telling me they've lost over 20 pounds, 30 pounds. Um, and that was just with the diet. Then when they started adding the workouts into it, they're starting to see, uh, different things. So now a lot of them are asking me to, Oh, could we get a different one? Could we get a, something for winter? Could we get something for now? So now, yeah, exactly. I'm going to have to, uh, step my game up to be one of those uh, Tybo classes. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And where can people get that? Uh, you can get it on my website. Uh, on, my, uh, on my website at rememberthashop.com. I have it up there. And then uh, you can just click uh, Get Fighter Shredded. I also have a free three-day detox on there. Uh, what I usually do, like when I'm about to start camp or uh, get, you know, if I had a bad weekend or something like that, I do like a three-day detox. Not even juices. It's just like eating healthier, but it's like three small meals, uh, just vegetables, protein. Uh, you could definitely lose at least 10 pounds doing that as well. Well, that's awesome, Bilal. Um, real quick, too, uh, in regards to UFC 280, you mentioned you were training with Islam Makachev. He's fighting in the main event. Now, teammates aside, I want you to put on your analyst hat. What are we going to see in the main event between him and Charles Oliveira to determine the lightweight champion of the world? <laughs> um Honestly, uh, I got trained with a lot of guys in this world, and Islam is probably the best person I ever worked with. And just seeing him, watching him, going with him, he's on another level. And you've always heard it before that, oh, you know, Islam is better than Khabib. And, you know, this is the guy. This is the guy that's going to be the champion forever. This guy that's going to be champion. He's the one that's – he's the real one. And I was like, uh, you're just talking, hyping him up. But then seeing him, going with him, He's definitely the guy. Obviously, Charles is the monster as well. I'm not one of those guys that think he's just going to walk through Charles. <clears throat> Charles definitely, he's had his ups, he's had his downs. And I think his downs is what built him to be the monster he is today. Like, his striking has been on another level. His power, we've heard it with Gagey saying that, you know, he's never been hit by anybody harder than that. And his grappling has always been on another level. So, uh, I think it's going to be a great fight. But I do think that just Islam just has a style to beat him. Charles is one of those guys where he's comfortable letting you take him down a little bit, and he'll play off his back, try to play jiu-jitsu with you. Uh, but you don't want to play jiu-jitsu with Islam. Islam is jiu-jitsu is really good, and if he's on top of you, adding the ground upon, he's going to hurt you. The last three Charles opponents, none of them really wanted to go to the ground with him. I know uh, Michael Chandler knocked him down with a punch. Uh, and then he started hitting with some ground upon, but he rocked him to get him down. He didn't shoot for a takedown and want to take him down. Islam is going to want to take you down. He's going to want to go into your world where you're comfortable in, and I think he's going to drown him in there. So I think, honestly, I think it's going to be a finish uh, for, for Islam before the fifth round. I think it's going to be fourth or third round. Well, thanks, Bilal. We really appreciate the relationship. We've gotten to know you over the past few years, and obviously Chicago is behind you. We're supporting you as well, and hopefully you can go out there and get a win at UFC 280. Thanks a lot, man. Good luck. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you, brother.